You're listening to the Common Ground Football Podcast, episode 90. You know, I love fall. It's my favorite season where I live in the Pacific Northwest and central Washington. But there's one thing about fall that drives me crazy, and that is some people's favorite thing ever, and that is pumpkin spice. Can we please... Why does it start earlier and earlier? It started weeks ago, and we're not even into fall yet. We've got like 20 days, 19 days by the time you listen to this before fall starts. And I would just like to say that we can wait for the pumpkin spice. We don't need the pumpkin spice. It doesn't even taste good. If you like pumpkin spice, well, good for you. I don't. What pumpkin spice does mean, though, is it does mean that fall is right around the corner. And with fall right around the corner, that means that NFL football is around the corner. So let's do a podcast, shall we? Let's roll. Everybody, it's the Common Ground Football Podcast. We're at episode 90, 10 away from Big 100. I'm your host, Brian McLaughlin. Wonderful to be with everyone out there listening. Uh, can you believe it's September already? It's kind of a weird year, right? Because we only got three preseason games. We're used to four. They have a two-week break between, you know, it it's 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 a it takes some getting used to we know we got an extra game coming this season anyway um but we're in a september that's a big deal that means that football is literally right there we can we can we can see it we can almost touch it it's very exciting it's very exciting indeed um didn't do a show last week and i'm glad that i didn't because I didn't have a ton of content to go over. Those preseason games were awful. And there just really wasn't a ton going on. You know, they had to cut rosters down to 80. Whoopie doo. And then um, and then I, I kind of was glad because Tuesday night came around and, and went. And I didn't record. And then news just started popping, right? Stuff started happening all over the place. And as the days went by, more and more stuff kept coming out. And I kept thinking, well... What I'll do is I'll record tomorrow, and then more stuff would come out, and I'm like, wait, 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 maybe what I'll do is I'll record tomorrow, and then I thought, well, with cuts around the corner, we we came to Saturday, we got more games, and I figured with them having to cut the rosters down here um, to 53 today, or yesterday when you're listening to this, I might as well wait and and do it, uh, wait a week and do it today. So that's what I did, and I'm glad that I did it. I'm sorry that you guys didn't get a show, but um, there are no more days off after this. I don't know. I, I got to keep on rolling. I got regular season football to do, and and even in the bye weeks, I got stuff to do. So um, I'm glad I waited because there's a lot to cover, and I'm going to try and cover it like I always say. It's going to become my theme. I'm going to try and cover it all in the shortest amount of time possible, right? Keep it under an hour. We'll be able to do that. I have no idea. Here's what we're going to talk about. Within that hour, hopefully an hour, preseason is over. What did we learn? Cut days here. We're going to talk about that. We've always got something to say about that. Um, lots of NFL news to go over. We've got 
cuts being made, lots of quarterback news, and because a quarterback position is the most important position um, on any team, there's lots of uh, stuff to go over there. And then we'll kind of go through, um, I'm going to go through uh, an ESPN article that goes through uh, the different cuts all around the league, see if there's anything that jumps out at us. Well, of course, zoom around the NFC West. This will be the hopefully the last uh episode where it's just kind of not much to go over for the other three teams beside my seahawks because with week one going on next week i'll actually preview their games a little bit and i'm just i'm still trying to learn the teams you know i know a little bit about the niners um but i'm I'm still trying to learn and i'll get there um it's still it it, it, honestly it's it's a seahawks centered podcast with a little bit of nfc west in there and that's just the way it goes we of course have tons of seahawks stuff to go over they made their cuts to 53 today. Um, there were some surprising ones. There were some very surprising ones. Again, glad that I waited. Uh, they're, they're, uh, we'll, we'll go through the list, and I'm sure if you've already seen it, hopefully you have, uh, there were some surprises and some kind of, huh, in there. Dennis from Ohio has a question of the week that he gave me last week again that I saved, and I'll do it again this week. No mailbag. I will absolutely be doing it for um, our next week. Uh, week one show i'm gonna kind of talk about what i'm gonna cover in that show at the end of this one and uh, then we're out of here all right so i say we just jump right into it and talk about the preseason for a little bit um what's the best thing that came out of the preseason um the end of it end of it was the best part it's over um uh i i'll tell you this this is seahawks podcast basically right so the Seahawks in their preseason finale was actually the first time they looked pretty okay. Not going to say it looked great. Not going to say it looked amazing. Not going to say I'm like, oh, my God, here we come, Super Bowl, look out. But uh, the first two games were just god-awful, terrible games. This one, one, I actually got to watch all of it, which was awesome. And two, um, they actually looked pretty damn good. I mean, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. I, I, I actually left, turned the TV off happy that I witnessed what I did because I was a little, a little nervous. There's still tons of positions and other things I'm nervous about that team, but it was nice to see, even though we didn't get to see a lot of starters, Russell didn't play, DK didn't play, Tyler didn't play, Bobby didn't play. I mean, there was a lot of guys that did not play and I'm okay with that. We talked about that before and how I don't want my starters those really expensive guys. I don't want them playing. I want the guys that are fighting for a position on the team. I want them out there. I want them playing hard and, and trying to win a spot. So uh, what did we learn from this preseason? We continue to learn that preseason games are worthless to a point. They're worthless in uh, TV viewing because all they create is overreaction Mondays like extreme, which is dumb for preseason there's no reason for you to come out on a Monday on social media and freak out over something you saw in a preseason game, unless it was a big injury to one of your, your players. Fine. That's totally understandable. But if you're going to freak out over your, your rookie quarterback, not looking too hot or uh, a receiver fighting for a position on the team, dropping a couple balls or the play calling being weird or I mean, all that stupid stuff. It's the preseason. Okay. Calm down. We learned that it, it's it's like watching scrimmages in practice against another team. It just in more of official, right? They're they're not. I mean, to me, I, I don't know. 
I'm glad they cut it down to three because four was too much. The only thing that I liked about four was that you had that third preseason game where all your starters played for at least, I don't know, a quarter, sometimes a half. But with what seems to be an uptick in dramatic season-ending injuries, ACL tears, like all these bad injuries over the last several seasons, they seem to be more and more of those in the preseason because you can't help it. You've got bigger, stronger guys and, you know, more muscle but doesn't mean that these tendons and all that are any stronger and and so you're getting a lot of bad injuries and you're losing a lot of guys and um that part makes me okay with the three because it means my starters aren't playing it means i got to see bobby wagner's on the sideline which is where i want him in a game that doesn't matter so that's all we learned Really and honestly, it's over. Thank God we get two weeks to go until regular season games that actually mean something. And then remember what happens there, too, is that even when the regular season starts, you've got at least four games to go of actual football before you really even know what you have as a team. All these teams made their cuts today. And every fan base out there, I I don't care what team you're a fan of, Every fan base out there for every single NFL team is freaking out just a itty bitty little bit because somebody got cut and you're and and you were surprised and you're like, I don't understand. I I thought they were great. You know, we all want to be a GM and we all think that person earns a spot, but at the end of the day, there's always going to be some of those moves. Seahawks had one today that took all of us kind of by surprise. And it it just it happens. So um speaking of cut day that was today as a fan we have to remember and this is tough on us because it's entertainment for us and a lot of us get very passionate about football sports in general not just football sports in general i'm very passionate baseball fan unfortunately in seattle um very passionate golf fan um, I'm about to become a very passionate hockey fan here in October when our NHL team gets up and rolling. Uh, but with that passion, sometimes we tend to forget that this, in the end, the NFL is a business. And there are a ton of players all vying for these spots, and there's only 53 on each team, plus your practice squad. So it's a brutal business and there are guys that are going to get cut that you really liked that you saw in practice or that you were excited that they drafted or that looked good in a preseason game or whatever it happened to be. There's going to be all this stuff that kind of makes you a little upset that they made a move they did. But at the end of the day, it is a business. It's a brutal business. Guys are going to get cut. Some guys are are never going to play in the NFL again. They got to play in a couple preseason games and that was it. And that sucks. This is their livelihood. This is their dream. This is what they've always wanted to do. Um, but that that's that's just the way it works. And it, and it's it, this is the this is my least favorite moment in the season because you get you get the news that we got like today of of players that we thought were going to make it that didn't make it. Now the good news is this is what I was getting to that I got sidetracked there in that end of that preseason spot was your rosters got set today, but they're not they're not set set. 
You know, like a lot of people are out there talking about how you see this roster today. There's still a week to go, a week and a half to go until we actually play a game. Uh, the, the roster won't be the same at that point. There will be changes that are made at, at then. And we get assigned the practice squad players. And a lot of these are very strategic moves where they, huh, you know, like they'll keep, they'll, they'll keep a player that maybe they actually don't necessarily want, but they don't want anybody else to scoop them up. So they, they'll keep them and then they'll wait. And then eventually they'll wave them and throw them on the practice squad. If nobody grabs them, it's, it, it's a gamble. It's a, it's a game is what it is. So a lot of the guys that you like, you'll, you'll get to keep, you'll see them on the practice squad, a lot of wide receivers, all that type of stuff. So don't get, too upset until we get a little more down the road and then there will be players that that uh you're bummed out that aren't there that's just the way it goes so let's uh, let's jump into um the nfl news which is a bunch of cuts and a bunch of stuff going down i got a bunch of tabs open here <clears throat> all right we're gonna start in jacksonville so Jacksonville is a is a unique story this this season. They've kind of they've been on the rise. Had uh, it's like a roller coaster ride down there, right? And the big splash this this off season was, of course, they knew they were getting the number one pick, and they get Urban Meyer in there, college coach. Finally, it's uh, Urban Meyer's been. As long as I've been listening to sports talk radio, it's been, oh, well, Urban Meyer ever go to the NFL? Well, the Jaguars uh, have him as a coach. And so, of course, they drafted Trevor Lawrence. And we've been going through this preseason. And what we're witnessing is you got a, 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 a NFL coach who's done college. And they those college coaches that come into the NFL, they struggle a little bit with, with the differences between the two, right? You're not coaching kids anymore. You're coaching grown-ass adults, grown-ass men, right? And there's some growing pains there. And so you're going to try some stuff as you try to assert your your authority on this team. You drafted Trevor Lawrence, and then the big thing has always been, well, you had Gardner Minshew. Now, I'm going to put it out there right now, not just because I'm a WSU Cougar guy. I am a Gardner Minshew fan. I know that he is... NFL by NFL standards, not a great quarterback. He 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 will be a career backup. However, I still think given the right opportunity, Gardner Minshew can do some things. But you had Urban Meyer down there saying, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna make him compete for the job. You're gonna make your number one draft pick, this college quarterback star. You're gonna make a competition between him and Gardner Minshew." It didn't make sense when they when he started saying it, and I think most people overall knew that at the end of the day, Urban Meyer was going to name Trevor Lawrence the starting quarterback, and lo and behold, he finally did. We finally got closure with with what was going on down there, and I I still. I think the whole thing, and I know there's a lot of media guys out there that totally agree. The thing was a giant charade. It was a giant charade. They knew all along that Trevor Lawrence was going to be a starting quarterback. 
Now, what ends up happening here is as soon as they announced that, I jumped up and down and said, trade Garner. Get him out of there. Trade Minshew. Trade him. There are so many teams out there that are dealing with COVID issues, vaccine issues, like all this stuff with their quarterbacks of all play, of all positions. Trade him. Get something you need. You don't need him anymore. And although I understand that most people think he's a backup quarterback, I think he's a little bit better than that. Get him out of there. And so, of course, they do. They trade him to the Eagles for a conditional sixth round draft pick in 2022. So I have not checked yet. We should probably check and make sure that um, he actually made the team because it's going to sound pretty silly if he got cut. I do not see his name. Hold on. Getting down here. Getting down here. Yes. I do not see his name on waived or released. So that's good news. <laughs> like I said, I, I understand most most of my friends would be like, oh, you like him because he's uh, he was a cougar up there in the Palouse. And you'd be right. But I also just always have liked Gardner Minshew and think that had they – I think he had a real shot at being a good quarterback in Jacksonville had they not drafted Trevor Lawrence, which, I mean – I don't blame him for doing. If you're going to get, if you're going to have the opportunity to do that, you you do that. You draft Trevor Lawrence. Um, now he could be a college bust, but he's one of those players that it's highly doubtful that he's going to be a bust. He worked hard down there in this preseason. He earned the spot, even though it was going to be his anyway. And so we get to see uh, how he does going forward. I think the Jacksonville um, story. I just think that if you want a team to kind of follow and look at how things go. They're going to be in the news this entire season because you've got Urban Meyer as a coach, because you have Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that's going to be a fun little thing to to follow, and I'm going to be following it because I'm an NFL fan, and that's the way it goes. So Trevor Lawrence is in. Minshew got traded. He is out. Uh, he'll be a backup in uh, Philly for now, and um, we'll see what happens up there. He absolutely could – could maybe come up and do something. I don't know. I'd be all right with that. Um, we shall see. They've got Flacco up there, right? Yeah, they got Joe Flacco up there. Uh, yeah, it says right here he'll be brought. No, Minshew will be brought in as quarterback three, so he's third string basically. So, uh, Flacco, Jalen Hurts. Also, that doesn't make any sense. I think. I mean, okay. Um. Oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is your quarterback one at this stage. Okay. So that, that does make sense. All right. See, I don't know these teams. I'm learning. Look at this stuff. Uh, but there'll be three quarterbacks up there. So we'll see what happens. I'm Team Gardner Minshew. All right. Uh, the other one, only because I've always been a Teddy Bridgewater fan, I think he's a talented quarterback. And Broncos, the story up there past Peyton Manning once he was gone has just been terrifying if you're a fan of the broncos they 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 kept saying drew locks the guy drew locks the guy and and obviously he just got his butt kicked out of that spot by teddy bridgewater so uh broncos head coach uh vic fangio informed his team that teddy bridgewater will be the broncos starting signal caller in week one so that's pretty cool i mean good for him I, i've always been 
I've always been a Teddy Bridgewater fan. I think he plays a unique game of quarterback. I like him. So um, we we shall see how that goes. It's the Broncos. I think it's just been a uh, that's been a weakness of theirs since Peyton left. Although Peyton, maybe since Peyton's last season, because even though they won the Super Bowl that year, he wasn't the reason they won that Super Bowl. Not in the least bit whatsoever. So there's another quarterback, another quarterback news there. Big injury news that just sucks for the Baltimore Ravens is their running back, J.K. Dobbins. He tore ACL and he's out for the entire 2021 season. This is why, um, this is why those preseason games can suck, right? This is going to be year two for him, I think. Yes, it was year two. He was going to be the guy up there. He's only 22 years old, and he averaged six yards a carry his rookie season. And uh, why was he playing? None of our st- starters were playing in our games. Why was he playing? This is what I I understand they want to get these guys reps, but if you know that he's your guy, he's going in, he's not a rookie. You didn't just get him. If you know that he's your guy, why are you playing him? That's what I don't understand. Some of these some of these decisions that these coaches make, that why even play him? You probably have four or five, six other running backs in camp that are fighting for those other spots. Have them play. Look at the Seahawks did. The Seahawks played Collins most of the night. Guy had a great game. Dallas was out there. Chris Carson wasn't out there. Well, they threw Rashad Penny out there, but Rashad Penny's, I mean, this is his do or die year, so he needs to show he can do it. But I mean, I don't I think the Ravens screwed up there. There was zero reason to have him out on the field. But nevertheless, that's a awful, awful uh, bit of injury news for the Ravens. And um, the good news is there'll be some running backs out there to get. I would assume, uh, I think I pulled this, Ravens plan to fill his absence with multiple backs. So they're going to they're gonna go with multiple backs instead of really making somebody um, the featured back. So, I mean, that's what they're going to do. I mean, I'll, what, can, what else can you do? Your, your main guy is out. So that that's unfortunate um what else happened okay this is this was big today okay before we get to that more quarterback news didn't have on my my sheet here but i did pull it just because i thought it was uh the new orleans saints is just a is a intriguing story you got drew Brees who retires finally not finally i mean he well he played fine but he was getting old um so then there are only options down there in their little quarterback battle. It's been Jameis eating W's Winston and, and Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill has been with the saints and you knew the whole time that he, he wasn't like an absolute shoe in to get the job. There was just no way. And he, I don't know if it's just because of how new Orleans has played Taysom Hill, but he's just not, he, they play him weird like they play him as a quarterback play him as a receiver play just play him all over the place and he's all right but he's definitely not i wouldn't say he's a he's a he's a starter 
And then you get Jameis Winston in there who, let's remember his Tampa days. They weren't great. But again, he's a former number one overall pick. So maybe, maybe this is good for him. Maybe we see the good could be great Jameis Winston. I think as long as he keeps his emotions in check and doesn't do the weird eating W's thing, maybe the offense they run down there will be good for him. Uh, He had a fantastic uh, final preseason game and uh, it was nine of 10 to even put here two gorgeous touchdown strikes. Uh, he showed everything you want from a starter, poise in the pocket, calmness under pressure and an innate feel for what the defense is trying to accomplish. So, I mean, that's, he won the job. That's, that's fair and square what he did. And he, I'm interested to see with, with Sean Payton down there, how they're able to, um, how they're able to make things work. And if they get, if he can, if he can pull, the good Jameis Winston. And of course they're going to throw, you know, they're going to throw, um, Taysom Hill and they're all over the place, right? They still are going to use him just like they used him with, with Drew Brees was still there. But I think it's gigantic news. Um, and if you're a Jameis Winston fan, even bigger, I mean, it's just, I think it's huge news that he got that starting job and, and good for him. So I just don't want to see him eating any more W's. I don't, I don't, I have no interest in that whatsoever. And then the big news today that besides big the main roster cuts um anybody who has listened to this podcast uh over the last couple years knows i can't stand this guy he's one of my least favorite players in the nfl and that is cam newton now cam newton has shown flashes of brilliance in his time with the Carolina Panthers, uh, he 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 had some games against Seahawks that he played unbelievable. But his cockiness, his arrogance, uh, I could not stand him. Like, if you're gonna be cocky and arrogant, I'm I'm cocky and arrogant. Ask any of the people I work with. But you got to be able to back it up, right? I never had a problem with Richard Sherman talking smack because he always backed it up right he always backed it up with his play on the field when he was a seahawk cam although he had good seasons here and there he had a bright game here and there the guy never won anything and when he did finally make it to a super bowl and they lost the guy wouldn't even talk to the media he was a big whiny crybaby sitting there pouting because they lost instead of being a professional and sitting there and talking about it Russell Wilson threw an interception at the end of the Super Bowl. He talked about it. Cam Newton couldn't do anything. He just sat there and whined like a baby. I could not stand him. Why are we talking about Cam Newton? Well, he ended up in New England, if you didn't know, and you were under a rock for last season. And he has had some issues. He had um, a COVID problem last year. And then he... Uh, missed a week leading up to the the Patriots final preseason game after what they called a misunderstanding of COVID-19 protocols and that forced him off the practice field and into the five-day re-entry cadence from the NFL. 
Well, if there's anything we know about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick wants you to follow rules. He wants you to be there on time, do what you're told, do what you're asked to do. I can't imagine that Bill likes rule breakers, that he likes people that kind of do their own thing and and give him the middle finger on his rules or the NFL's rules, even if he doesn't agree with them. The COVID-19 thing, big deal. And all it showed to all of us, including obviously the, the Patriots, is that Cam's head isn't in it. His head is not in the game. Now, screwing up one time, we all screw up. But when you screw up for a second time, whatever a misunderstanding of COVID-19 protocols, it's pretty simple. Once the NFL season starts, preseason practices and everything else, it sucks. We all want to go out and have fun, but you got to shelter yourself. You see your family and you make sure your family is careful. You mask up. Uh, I'm a pro vaccine guy. Go get the damn vaccine. Uh, you do everything you should do to make sure that you stay healthy, your teammates stay healthy, and you can play. But obviously something happened in there where they did not. And I feel like just three weeks ago, we were talking about how Mac Jones wasn't even going to get the starting job and it was probably going to be Cam Newton because Cam Newton was a locker room guy because his personality in the locker room, if they cut him, it was going to ruin the locker room. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Chemistry. It's going to ruin the chemistry in that locker room because everybody loved Cam so much, which makes no sense to me because he's not lovable. <laughs> um, that was like three weeks ago. And now with all this COVID stuff, all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 he's out. And, and, and boom, there you go. He's out. And, and it's it, the Mac Jones show starts now in new England. So, I, I just I know uh, we've watched the Patriots obviously win over the years, and it's obvious that you either follow Bill Belichick's rules or you get out. He doesn't put up with your garbage. He doesn't put up with the sh- the sideshow stuff. He doesn't put up with any of that. You, you either follow his rules or you or or you get out. And Cam's out. Where's he going to end up? I don't know. I, I <laughs> being the Cam Newton guy that I am. Such I love him so much. Uh, I, I don't know. There's, there's. I mean, God, my Twitter feed was blowing up with Cowboys media people and Cowboy fans all over the place um, that I've followed over the years now that are like, oh yeah, sign Cam, back up, back up, sign him, sign him now. You really want him in Dallas? Why do you want a? Why do you want that as your backup quarterback? That's you want your backup quarterbacks to be quiet and just be there and be nothing right to not you know like half the teams more than half the teams you couldn't name their backup quarterback because they're doing what they're supposed to do and they stand back in the shadows they don't cause any drama they don't there's nothing about the backup quarterback right yes they're there to save the day if god forbid something happens to your 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 number one but cam newton the guy would show up in his outfits that would be a media story Everyone would want to talk to Cam Newton. That would be media stories all over the place. And you, that's not what you want out of your backup quarterback. You want your backup quarterback to just be be there and in case they're needed, right? Talent, yes. You want skill there, yes. But you don't need the circus that comes along with them. And a circus comes with Cam Newton. So I don't know where he ends up. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if he, do, if he doesn't sign anywhere. 
But then I also would not be shocked if he ends up with a backup job somewhere. There are enough teams out there, or get this, get, yeah, get this. There are enough teams out there that are struggling in the quarterback position, whether their quarterback is uh, refusing to do the vaccine or their quarterback is having COVID-19 problems or there's injuries here. There's enough out there where if you went through the teams and you said, okay, would you rather have quarterback X or Cam Newton, there might be some argument to bring in Cam Newton for his skill alone. And then you deal with the circus. I personally would not deal with the circus. I would rather keep Geno Smith as our uh, our backup, who you never hear anything from, and he just he's there in case something happens to Russell. It's all okay. So that that was... I think it's just crazy how it went three weeks ago. Not even kidding. Three weeks ago, everything was fine in New England. And then all of a sudden, you get this. And all because he would not follow simple protocols. But sorry, it's a misunderstanding. You don't misunderstand. There's no misunderstanding. Wear a mask. Limit where you're going. Stay out of big public events. You keep your family safe, keep your team safe, keep yourself safe, obviously, and play football. It's that simple. So good luck to you, Cam. Get out of here. Fine with that. Uh, okay, so let's let's. I, I found uh, an ESPN article, of course, that is the cuts tracker that goes through everything. Um, I'm just going to go through the teams and see if anything uh, jumps out at me. Um, I guess. I mean, really and honestly, I don't. I don't need to. Um, the the biggest every team they basically put here is the biggest move. So, um, Buffalo Bills, nobody cares. Miami Dolphins. I mean, they're one of my. They're kind of one of my sleeper teams still. Um, I don't see anything on here that makes any big jumps. New England Patriots. We just talked about it. The Mac Jones era begins. Uh, that should be fun. Um, except for I hate the freaking. Uh, Patriots the Jets um, continue to be the Jets (laughs) I mean uh, I I we know what's funny about the Jets I have never heard I don't know a ton of Jets fans because I think most of them have moved on to other teams I I have not met nor have I heard because there are some Jet fans on uh, sports talk radio so met or heard Jet fans that are happy (laughs) Like, there's some things to be happy about if you're a Seahawks fan. You know, perennial playoff team. You got Russell Wilson. You got a fun stadium. It's loud. Um, Seattle's a cool city. I mean, there's, there's st- if you're a Seahawks fan, it's fun stuff to be happy about. Um, the Jets, there's nothing to be happy about. That team is a disaster, and it continues to be a disaster. So no one knows what's going on there. They dismantled their tight end position. Uh, traded their former starter, um, Chris Herndon, to the Vikings. They cut Ryan Griffin, Daniel Brown, and Kenny. Well, how do you say that last name? Yeba? Yeboa? Leaves two on the ro- the roster, Tyler Croft, and then a tight end slash fullback, Trevin Wesco. Uh, a fuel speculation about a potential trade, perhaps for the Eagles' Zach Ertz. Or we could all understand what the Jets are doing, which is absolutely diddly squat and just throwing darts at a dartboard and continuing to be garbage. 
you're garbage. Uh, that team's joke, and I feel sorry for anybody who's a Jet fan. If you're a Jet fan listening to this podcast, probably have zero Jet fans listening to this podcast. But if you are a Jet fan and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. Real sorry. Um, talked about the Baltimore Ravens and uh, what's going on there. Nothing that special. Bengals, um, what they do, Some showed some aggressiveness when it came to trimming their offensive line in the preseason. They uh, traded their 2018 first-round pick, Billy Price, to the Giants for uh, defensive tackle B.J. Hill. Then on Tuesday, they waived their former, their 2019 fourth-round pick, Mike Jordan, who started in 19 games of the past two seasons. So, um, yeah, the Bengals. Cleveland Browns, will this be the year that the Browns do it? Right? Will they will they finally do it? Dennis from Ohio, are you going to any Browns games this year? I mean, they're right there. Probably should go to the Browns, see some Browns games. Um, Steelers. Um, yeah. Well, the big news down there is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he he actually played himself a spot onto the roster. So uh, he will be on the roster with Roethlisberger, of course. Mason Rudolph is the primary backup. And then Dwayne Haskins. He's your, he's your QB3 in Pittsburgh. So that's a big deal um, if you're a Steelers fan. Another team I can't stand. Other news that I probably should have put in the NFL news, but I thought, what the hell, we'll go through it now. Houston Texans. So they ended up keeping Deshaun Watson on the roster as their guy. Um. So they're using a spot. Well, they don't set to play him. Using a spot in their 53-man roster on a player they don't expect to play for them this season. So he's still saying he's not going to play for them. But they gave him a spot on the roster. He's still got the 22 lawsuits out there about uh, alleging sexual assault and inappropriate behavior. That's just the weirdest story on the freaking face of the planet. And, uh, I mean, just... God, that was a weird story this offseason. But um, they, they gave him a spot. So they now have three quarterbacks on their roster, Tyrod Taylor, uh, rookie Davis Mills, and then Deshaun Watson. Don't know what they're doing. I mean, are they, are they going to trade him eventually? I still don't think there's a team out there stupid enough to go grab him until until the his legal stuff gets worked out and the NFL finally does whatever they're going to do. Are they going to put him on the exempt? Like, nobody knows. The exempt list, nobody knows. So I don't think he's he has any trade value whatsoever until all that stuff gets worked out. So nothing but let's move on to the Colts. Nothing but uh, craziness in the Colts because they don't know who their quarterback. I mean, Carson Wentz got hurt with this little foot thing. Um, he, he just got put on. I was going to go over it in the Seahawks news. He just got put on the IR COVID-19 list. Uh, so, I mean, who knows, right? Um, who knows? Jacksonville, we talked about that. Um, we know who their quarterback is um they traded Gardner Minshew they made another trade as well that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later here uh if you're a Seahawks fan you know what I'm talking about that I don't get whatsoever but whatever it's fine um Titans Tennessee Titans releasing fourth round or does Fitzpatrick is a surprising move um okay sure whatever you say uh, I don't expect the Titans to really do anything um Broncos we talked about what the Broncos did they uh you know they named their their starter um yeah chiefs the chiefs 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 um i expect them to do big things again so 
the Chiefs, mindful of last year's Super Bowl disaster, uh, if you remember correctly, the offensive line injury disaster, which I would, in my opinion, cost Patrick Mahomes and them the game. Um, they kept 10 offensive linemen, um, and then they have the Kyle Long on the physically unable to perform list. So they have like 11 total. Shot, not shocking at all. Uh, Raiders uh don't care chargers don't care cowboys do i still have any cowboys fans that listen to this podcast i don't even know the this there shouldn't be an immediate shock that the cowboys 53 man roster does not have a long snapper you don't have a long snapper in dallas guys what happened uh you released jake mcquade they're gonna explain though with six players needing to be on the roster for a day before heading to injured reserve the Cowboys had to get creative. Dallas had five COVID-19 exemptions for CeeDee Lamb, Connor Williams, DeMonte Kazee, Carlos Watkins, and Noah Brown. McQuaid, who does not go through waivers because he is a veteran, makes up the last spot. So he'll be re-signed in a day or two and we'll get a spot back. So Cowboys fans, calm down. Don't freak out. Don't worry. You'll get your long snapper back. It'll be okay. You have a crap ton of people on your reserve COVID-19 list, though. What's up with that? I also heard that your quarterback down there is is looking sharp from his injury, and, and he'll play. Will this be the year for Dallas? I doubt it. Giants, another New York team that is just bleh. Nobody knows what's happening over there. Eagles, talked about the Eagles a little bit and what's going on there, and uh, don't expect much out of them. The Washington football team was still with no name whatsoever. That should be the biggest news. Uh, maybe they should get a name. They said they have one coming, but we, we haven't seen it. The Chicago Bears. They released cornerback uh, Desmond Trufant. Uh, was largely expected after the veteran left the team for 18 days following the death of his father. Um, like the Seahawks, it calls into question the Bears' plan at cornerback that that's that sounds like the seattle seahawks all over again uh detroit lions uh, you gonna go to those games too dennis or Ohio? should packers uh i believe aaron Rodgers made the team i'm pretty sure let me see here let me go through the list um they cut the quarterback kurt benkert i uh, do not see him yeah so aaron Rodgers made the team awesome that's good and uh the vikings Biggest surprise may not be much of a surprise at all when the dust settles. The Vikings waived defensive end Everson Griffin, who they re-signed last week. Uh, that's, yeah. There's some teams out there that need some defensive ends. I can think of one. Uh, Atlantic, Fa- uh, Atlantic. The Atlanta Falcons kept three quarterbacks. What is up with these teams and keeping three quarterbacks? The Seahawks are going to find out here three quarterbacks they've never had they in this Pete Carroll era I don't remember a time and I could be wrong but I don't remember a time of three quarterbacks and I'm seeing all these teams run three quarterbacks on their rosters are they that worried about injury or are they just that unsure I mean the Seahawks can't be that unsure about their quarterback like Russell Wilson's your guy why do you need three it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever um Panthers, nobody cares. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Tom Brady probably made the team. Yeah, he did. Sure did. And the Cardinals, we will go through. Oh, that's the NFC West. So we'll go through that in just a second. Um, I noticed already that we're at 43 minutes and 50 seconds. 
So trying to stay to an hour isn't going to work, but let's zoom rule around the NFC West really quick. Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, um, only one receiver from the trio drafted in 2019 remains following the release of uh, Kishon Johnson. Uh, and that's Andy Isabella. And um, so their last preseason game, they didn't get to play. That was canceled because of the hurricane, I believe, right? So they didn't get to play that final game, which is unfortunate. Um, so we'll talk more about them next week as we preview their first game and we really get the final. Um, the only other thing they did today, which um, we I, th- I think I saw in the, in, in the news that we, we, we knew was coming, is that they, they added famous former New England Patriots cornerback Malcolm Butler, who us Seahawks fans remember in the worst light possible, um, they put him on the reserve to retire list. So it looks like he will be done. Um, and so Russell Wilson won't have to worry about him with those nightmares. The Los Angeles Rams, what they do? Well, I believe they traded, made a trade with the Patriots for running back Sonny Michelle. And yes, they did. They sent New England a 2022 sixth round and a 2023 fourth round pick and got themselves another running back. And um, apparently the Patriots had shopped Michelle since the 2021 draft. And um, he, uh, (laughs) Michelle, who scored the go ahead touchdown to beat the Rams in Super Bowl 53, now joins Sean McVay's team. <clears throat> so i mean they need a guy and after back-to-back 900 plus yard seasons to open his career he struggled in 2020 and he had some injuries and and then had a stint on the COVID 19 list so he didn't have a great 2020 and uh he ended up being the odd man out but the the rams they lost cam Akers, torn achilles they needed somebody back there so look at what they got Got themselves a guy and Sony Michelle. So that'll be I, I we'll see how that works out. We get to see them twice this season, so I'm all for it. Dennis from Ohio, San Francisco 49ers. Dennis, will you please tell me who the bleep is going to be your starting quarterback? Nobody knows who your starting quarterback is going to be. Even your coach, Mr. Kyle Shanahan. Not naming 49ers QB1, but has a pretty good idea of who it's going to be. I heard through the grapevine and this thing called the interweb, the internet, that you guys down there, and I'm speaking to Dennis directly right now, you guys down there, even though he lives in Ohio, he's not actually down there. You guys down there are, are there's have said that you're going to maybe – do this crazy offense with two quarterbacks you know that doesn't work right i know in your this final preseason game you had you got to show off this two quarterback offense and it actually went over really well as a preseason game you were probably playing against you know second third stringers i just i don't know maybe it works out and it's great i still you drafted trey lance you're not going to draft trey lance if he's not going to be your dude and whether they're just like holding off the announcement until like we get closer or whatever it is, it's 
I'm reading this article on NFL.com and I'm just going, well, Shanahan would not reveal whether veteran Jimmy Garoppolo, hashtag Jimmy Graps, or first round rookie Trey Lance will start in week one against the Detroit Lions, but admitted he has an inkling of who it will be. He said, I've got a pretty good idea, but as you guys can see with everything, I don't know our schedule a couple of days from now. Shanahan said, that, that, that doesn't sound like very good organization, Kyle. Maybe you should get some better organization. Uh, so I've always had a pretty good idea, but there's lots of days between now and then at every position. Speaking to the media after his coach, Garoppolo, <laughs> I first read that from his couch, but that's not what it says. Speaking to the media after his coach, Garoppolo was asked if he too had a pretty good idea. Surely enough, he did. Quote, yeah, I have a pretty good idea, unquote, Garoppolo said. <laughs> I, I, I just, I have no idea, and it bugs me because, again, a team in the NFC West, a team we play twice, a team that's supposed to be like our rival, or one of our rivals, I guess, that was a fun rivalry, and I really want that one back, especially with my buddy Dennis. And I just I don't understand what they're doing. So, Dennis, if you could make some calls, if you could find out for me who the starter is going to be and just two quarterbacks thing, it's not going to work. You can try, but it's not going to work. I just don't think it's going to work. And that is your Zoom around the NFC West. And now let's jump into the meat of the show uh let's talk about the seattle seahawks and uh first off i'm gonna take a sip of my beverage have you anybody tried these um sounded like i was about to go into an ad right i have no sponsors so this is not a sponsor um the uh sparkling ice plus caffeine they have those ice drinks right there are sparkle i mean we, we in our house with the kids we call them sparkles sparklies um you know like pink grapefruit and all those different things they make these zero sugar caffeine drinks in the can i'm drinking the blue raspberry 70 milligrams of caffeine per can and i gotta tell you i'm sure there's stuff if in here if i read the ingredients list that i probably should not drink um yeah they use splenda splenda's the you know but they use green tea extract as your um caffeine from natural sources and green tea extract this stuff uh as you can see, I drank, started drinking it right before I went. I started recording. And maybe you'll notice it as you're listening to this. I've ramped up. I can feel the energy. This stuff works, man. And it doesn't taste bad either. The cherry vanilla, also very good, but the blue raspberry. Whew. That's tasty. Again, I have no sponsors. They have no, I'm not, I, I have nothing. So if you're wondering, that's a weird ad you just did. That's not an ad. I have no sponsors. I'm not cool enough for sponsors. Um, close some tabs here. All right, let's let's talk about the Seahawks. Um, we're going to go through some stuff that happened in the last two weeks, and and there's just some. I have some thoughts. I'm not going to speak too much on it. We got a lot to go through next week too. But um, this is the Seahawks podcast. We got to talk some stuff, and um, yeah, so. Uh, the the one of the things that came out. This is non-player related, except for former player. But uh, we got some news on some inductees on the Seahawks Ring of Honor. Uh, two two guys that I think absolutely deserve it. It brings up the uh, debate on if there's other players from this era that are going to be on there. A running back, perhaps we don't know. But Matt Hasselbeck 
and Mike Holmgren, so quarterback Matt Hasselbeck and coach Mike Holmgren, uh, are going to be inducted into the Seahawks Ring of Honor, which is a big deal if you've ever been to what's now Lumen Field, formerly CenturyLink Field, formerly Quest Field, formerly Seahawks Stadium. I think that's got all the names in there. Uh, Lumen Field is a stupid name, by the way. That makes, I mean, great. They paid money. Uh, well, no, they didn't. They just changed their name, but it's it's stupid. The Lou. I heard, I saw somebody on Twitter call it the Lou as a nickname. Like we went with the clink for CenturyLink. They called it the Lou. That's dumb. But funny at the same time, though. Uh, anyway, so the club announced on this last Wednesday that the duo would be inducted into the team's Ring of Honor during the 2021 season. They will be the 13th and 14th members of the Seahawks Ring of Honor and the first since the late Paul Allen was inducted during the 2019 campaign. So Hasselbeck will be inducted at halftime of the October 25th Monday Night Football game versus the New Orleans Saints. And Holmgren, our coach Mike Holmgren, will be inducted at halftime on Halloween, October 31st versus Jacksonville. So you'll have back-to-back weeks of of guys going in uh if you don't remember who they are uh shame on you um Hasselbeck and Holmgren were key members of the Seahawks very first uh Super Bowl appearance where they got absolutely cheated by the refs yes I said it uh they should have won that game but whatever it's fine um Hasselbeck maybe I mean I've been a Seahawks fan or somewhat of a fan since way back in my early childhood when I would go to games with friends and stuff but we've talked about how baseball is my first love so when i really 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 got into football because i was introduced to me more and i just started really watching it more um it was right before right before this era but i remember most matt hasselbeck mike holmgren and i've always loved i I just think matt hasselbeck's a cool dude i think he's great on tv in his post nfl career i just think he is a good dude so and, and mike holmgren i mean giving credit he's a big deal coach he uh he he brought a super bowl here you know like he 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 was a obviously an integral part in them having their first super bowl appearance and i remember that season vividly it was so much fun so much fun i mean obviously we remember super bowl 48 because they they won and it was a big deal but super bowl 40 and that it's just that whole season up until that last thing yeah and and i'll never forget and forget they they did their their they did an event in the stadium after they lost that super bowl and i remember mike holmgren saying we didn't know we had to play the the guys in in the black and white striped shirts too <laughs> so i know i love that um so uh here's a statement it said the seahawks are thrilled to honor two of the most beloved people in our franchise's history with their induction into the seahawks ring of honor this is coming from seahawks president chuck arnold uh, coach and matt took the organization to new heights during their decade together from our first super bowl appearance to countless memories on and off the field we celebrate their legacy and the lasting impact they had on the 12s and the entire pacific northwest uh, if you remember holmgren famously traded for hasselbeck who he coached at green bay um, and the quarterback came here and came on went on to be a three-time pro bowler and was the club's leader in attempts completions yards wins and when he left, um, he was the leader in all those numbers when he left. And, of course, those numbers have since been destroyed by Russell Wilson. So um, 
<laughs> this will be played a lot during this because it was great memory. Perhaps Hasselbeck's most memorable moment in Seattle came when he predicted an overtime win during the 2003 playoffs after winning the coin toss in overtime versus Green Bay, his former team. <laughs> we will take the ball and we're going to score. I feel like I remember it as we want the ball and we're going to score, but maybe that's, that's the actual quote. And he, he confidently declared it, and then, of course, he threw a, a, a game-ending pick six. It was it was not good. Still love the guy, though. Still love the guy. So uh, huge news. Those are going to be two uh, back-to-back weeks where that's going to be fun. Uh, if you have tickets to those games, good for you. Uh, that would be a blast. Um, I remember going to a Monday night game. Who else remembers this game? Would have been Monday night in would have been a 2006 would have been a 2006 game and it was Green Bay and uh, I think and it was the big snow in Seattle or all over Western Washington. I don't know. We lived in Puyallup at the time and it took us four hours to get home from Seattle because of the snow. That was that was fun, uh, but I, that was a that was that was a Hasselbeck time. So. Anyway, yeah, so let's move on. Um, I have written down here the wide receiver challenges I see, and will we finally see more tight end opportunities? And I wrote that down before the cuts had come out. I started writing the show before the cuts came out. And it's, it's, I don't know how I want to cover this now because we need to, uh, the, the cuts were made and they make this even more of a, of a topic. Um, if you're, if you were watching that last preseason game, you had a guy, you had a guy like Fuller Hart. You had, you had some, you had some, you had some good performances by some wide receivers who were battling for spots. Um, I guess one of the surprise cuts that we'll go, we'll, I'll say now, um, was Hart, uh, Penny Hart. And, um, that was the cut when I said earlier about how everyone was a little shocked on, um, when that news came out that, oh crap, there's the move right there. You, there's always that one that makes you go, what the bleep? <laughs> and everyone was pretty shocked when that one came out and was like, well, that doesn't make much sense. And <clears throat> so let me get down here to my little listy poo. Come on. There we go. Um, yeah, so I there's two positions. Um, and they go side but they go hand in hand because on the football field they're next to each other playing. The wide receiver and then the cornerback. Those are the two positions I I wonder about. Not so much like the wide receiver thing is at least you know, you know you have Tyler Lockett and you have DK Metcalf. You know you have those two, and those two are going to ball out. Those two are going to have amazing seasons. They just both had an amazing season. And Tyler and and Russell have a, an amazing connection like Tyler, or excuse me, like Russell and Doug used to have. And and going into year three for DK, uh, him and Russell are, are going to get even better. So And DK Metcalf's a monster. So you know you have that. The thing on the other side of the ball, though, in the cornerback spot, that spot freaks me out. 
because here, here's your four here's your four cornerbacks on the roster that was released today. Okay. There'll be one more that gets added to this that we'll talk about in a second. But you have Witherspoon, Trey Flowers, DJ Reed, and Trey Brown. What now? <laughs> it was obvious in every single preseason game that there was, I think it was the left side, right? The left side corner. I mean, it just, ugh. so I'll, I guess we'll say it now. So they, they, they made a trade and with the Jacksonville Jaguars and they brought in former Husky Sidney Jones. So the guy gets to come back to Seattle, huge star for the Huskies, right? And, but he has struggled in the NFL, hasn't really done well in the NFL. So they made a trade to draft pick. And they brought in Sidney Jones. You got mixed reactions when it comes to the Seattle sports media world. Some people are really excited about it. I don't know if they're excited because he was a former Husky, so they're just excited that you got a Husky that's in town again, whatever, fine. Um, but you got a lot of other people that are just kind of like, well, you didn't, you didn't really upgrade anything. You just gave away a draft pick, and you stayed at the exact same spot you were when it came to like your cornerback uh, ranking, basically. like your, your skill at that position didn't change any, except for you just added a guy. So uh, here I'm I'm nervous because we saw we saw last season in the first half that defense being so bad. The only reason they won is that offense was amazing. But they would get picked apart. Guys would be just wide open constantly because this basic freaking stupid ass uh <laughs> scheme that they run on defense that Pete and uh norton run i can't it just drives me crazy it just leaves guys wide open and so i just get nervous because yes that defense improved over the second half of the season but they still had plenty of moments and you saw it a ton in the preseason where they're playing that exact same scheme and you had that exact same problem where guys would just be wide open it just completion after completion after completion by the opposing team because your guys would just be – whatever zone they're playing, they're just so far off. There's just no challenge whatsoever, and they just it's, – it's like, oh, we'll just let them do a little bit, and then we'll – this bend, don't break stuff that just – how about you just stop them? That's what I'd like to see. So I think they're just really counting on – I mean, in all honesty, they, I, I would hope that they're a, little, they're a little fearful of what they got. I'm not convinced Trey Flowers is, a, is good. Um, DJ Reed, we saw, I, I, I am, I love Reed. I think that they're really hoping that they're able to play a scheme where their safeties, you got to remember if you get a healthy Marquise player playing, that dude is, a, I, I swear he's like a, a smaller, uh, cam chancellor. I mean, he hits hard. Um, Ryan Neal was, was a great backup. And I think that they're hoping that their safeties slide into those, like those spots as, and, help that group out that's i honestly think that's what they're hoping when it comes to their defense because there is no bigger weakness on this team than that secondary i think that secondary i or or this maybe they're hoping that that pass rush is finally something okay that's finally something and it's enough that it takes the pressure off of those guys so they're going to be able to put the pressure on the quarterback that they want to put which then makes that quarterback make dumb throws, which then allows our defense to actually look okay. The secondary, I mean. I, I don't know. It scares the hell out of me. I, I, 
I'm, I just I fear for week one and just watching the the Colts just march up and down the field because our 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 secondary is just not it's just not that great. So I don't know. I would love to hear what you think. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll put I'm gonna put I'll put a post on there and ask the question. And I would just love to hear as a Seahawks fan, what do you think? Is do you agree that the cornerback position is is the weak link? Is that the weakest part in our entire roster? You think it's okay? I mean, if if you think it's okay, that's fine. I'm happy to be wrong. You will always know for me, I am more than happy when it comes to the Seahawks and my rants, more than happy to be wrong. So please tell me I am. That's fine. Um, We will go through the roster here in a, t- a whole second. I do want to point out, we talked about it a little bit. The only thing that looks great for week one possibly is, well, we don't even know if it's, if it's an impact, but Carson Wentz was put on the uh, IR COVID-19 list. Will it impact uh, week one? Um, see if I can find out real quick. Let's see if this has been updated at all. Um, uh, let's see. So the Colts had pegged this week as critical for determining whether Wentz would be ready for week one versus the Seattle Seahawks on September 12th. How the quarterback responded after getting in a full day's work would have been key. Frank Reich noted uh, Sunday this was a big week in determining Wentz health. Now that plan must be adjusted. So um, I don't even know. If Wentz doesn't start the season opener, second-year signal caller Jacob Eason would be the expected to be the, the guy. So that would be helpful to come out of the gate playing against a backup. Uh, I'd be all right with that. That makes me feel a little bit better. So um, And then, okay, so today was cut day. Let's just really quick because I'm running longer than I want to, and I, I try to – I know – Maybe you love listening to the sound of my voice, but uh, I feel like anything more than an hour and 15 or an hour and 20 is just too much, too much for you. Um, so let's go through again. This is the initial roster. This will not be the same when we get to week one. So in a week and a half, when we actually get to um, the first game, this roster will be a little bit different. There will be changes here there. Technically, right now it's at fifty-two because um, Sidney Jones isn't actually um, added yet. Um, so, hasn't become finalized until it is. He's not technically on the roster, but they have a spot open for him. So, again, Seahawks in the Russell Wilson era usually two quarterbacks, him and a backup. This year, for some reason, we got three. Could be Mannion's uh, experience with Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator. Maybe I don't know. I I don't I don't know that it's puzzling to me why take up a roster spot, especially when we're about to get to a again offense in general. Why take up a roster spot there when you could put him on the practice squad? And then you limit yourself now because then the next group, they went with six running backs and then only four receivers. So you're taking up a roster spot in the quarterback when you don't need three. And then holy running backs. If this isn't Pete Carroll telling you, hey, assholes, sorry for the language if you're offended, um, we're not going to let Russ cook like you want to let Russ cook. <laughs> we are going to be a run first team and. Damn it, I'm showing it. But look at all these guys I got on that. Look at this. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, who I thought was going to get cut. 
Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, Alex Collins, who had in fate uh, had a really really good final preseason game, and Nick Ballore. That's a lot of backs. That's a lot of depth. Um, wow. And then that puts you at four wide receivers. This was the this was the group that just kind of just blew my mind today. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, obviously, uh, D. Eskridge, and Freddie Swain. Those are your four receivers on your roster. Four. Four? You cut Penny Hart? You cut Fuller? You kept four so you could have an extra quarterback and six bleeping running backs? Now, I will point out, I understand, I fully understand that there are some of these running backs that can be used as receivers. And we always, remember when they drafted Rashad Penny, I, I remember him coming out of college he was one of those pass catching backs and they've never used him that way he's never been healthy but they've never used him that way and maybe they're nervous about chris carson and him being able to stay healthy i don't know but do you need six unless you're going to use one of those guys regularly as a receiver and again we haven't seen shane waldron's offense like we don't know what new things we're going to see so maybe this is all part of that i don't know uh three tight ends Gerald Everett, Will Disley, Colby Parkinson. I was going to mention it earlier, and I forgot to, but uh, I will we see more tight end opportunities? Go back a few years, Will Disley and and Russell, and had that until Will got hurt. Man, they were doing some fun stuff, and then Will came back. He was like, forgot he was on the team last year. They just don't use him the same. So, um. I don't know. I kind of hope they would. Um, the offensive line, big deal for Russell Wilson, of course. Uh, Dwayne Brown, who still hasn't signed a, an extension. Uh, Brandon Shell, Cedric, I don't know how to say his last name, so we're going to go right past it. Jamarco Jones, uh, Jake Curran, Stone Forsyth, Forsyth, who makes me all sorts of nervous. You want to talk about a guy that gave, that just couldn't like hold back anything. That was him. Gabe Jackson, Damian Jackson, Damian Lewis, Ethan Posick, Kyle Fuller. Maybe I missed it. Did they? I mean, Kyle Fuller was uh, was he started at center in the pre that final preseason game, and it sounds like he might have actually beat Posick, 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 Posick out for the the center position, which is huge, I think. And then of course Phil Haynes. Um, I mean Russell the the. Uh, you would you would assume that they consulted with Russell with the way Russell wants to be consulted with this stuff and and he's happy with that group. So now on the defensive side of the ball, outside of the cornerback position, I'm 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 pretty comfortable. Dunlap, this is your defensive line. Dunlap, uh, Kerry Hyder Jr., Daryl Taylor, Daryl. Ta- you want to talk about another outstanding performance in that final preseason game? Uh, Taylor, that guy was everywhere played a hell of a it was a preseason game meant nothing and he played his ass off it was he was he was fantastic uh collier green uh mayoa robinson puna ford al woods and then uh brian money um yeah i i honestly again uh, maybe and i think someone point i saw someone point this out on twitter i the seahawks might be so comfortable with that that defensive group including then the linebackers behind them in Wagner, Brooks, and Barton. Um, God, I'm going to miss KJ Wright. Uh, they're comfortable enough that they maybe they finally think they're going to be able to get that pass rush, and that's going to help out their secondary. And therefore, their secondary doesn't have to be as strong as you as you want it because your pass rush is 
messing with that opposing quarterback so much and and making him make mistakes so i just named your linebackers wagner brooks cody barton we talked about the four cornerbacks gross and then uh safeties jamal adams he signed his extension quandre diggs he is uh doing a hold in now because you know adams got his money diggs is like hey where's my money uh although he i saw he actually expects to play it popped across my phone um on the way here that he actually expects to play week one after he takes care of some personal financial stuff maybe that means an extension i don't know i i like i mentioned in the last uh episode Dwayne brown needs to be the next one before you do anything else that absolutely has to happen marquis player god i hope he stays healthy because i i on i truly believe he is a fantastic safety if he could stay healthy uh Hugo amati and then ryan neal who was a fantastic backup to have last year specialists uh our kicker is still jason myers michael big balls dixon who is still i mean mvp man there's nobody on that team more important than michael dixon um he is he is pete carroll's <laughs> absolute favorite offensive player um i think it was uh god who tweeted that uh, is that Evan? Somebody, tw- some of those, one of the Seahawks guys, one of the other podcasts, tweeted that um, during the game that Michael Dixon was Pete Carroll's favorite offensive player. <laughs> um, and then your long snapper is Tyler Ott. So that's your that's your fifty two. You, you add Sidney Jones, that's fifty three, and and that's that's what we're looking at for for this next for this season. And I mean, time will tell. We're going to get more into it next week for sure. Uh, I got to listen to some more stuff and, and get some more information on these guys. But uh, um, Russell Wilson made the team. He is your starting quarterback, and I know that's what you all cared about. So um, that's all I got for Seahawks stuff right now. Well, we've got more to cover uh, in the weeks ahead as we head into the regular season. Uh, but you know what time it is because we get done with Seahawks stuff. And, of course, my boy Dennis from Ohio, he's got his question of the week. And I, I listened to this, and um, – I actually it it's a good topic. It's a good topic. I know I'm not supposed to listen until I actually play it, but we were trying out some new audio and so I've listened to it already, but uh you haven't. So without further ado, here's Dennis from Ohio's uh question of the week. Woo! How's everybody doing today? Dennis from Ohio here with your weekly question. Hope everybody's excited. We have NFL football regular season starting in a couple weeks. I know I'm excited. My 49ers travel out to Detroit week one. I'm going to take my daughter Emerson to that game, so we're looking forward to that. But my question for you, Brian, this week is, how much do you think social media, fan interaction, news reporters, always asking coaches, who's going to play this, who's going to play that, how much of that do you think affects some of these coaches' decisions? I know the Chargers head coach, I believe he's 39. I know Kyle Shanahan was asked when he plans on making Trey Lance the starter. He said, that's not even a question, so don't even ask me. So I'm just curious as to your thoughts on how social media affects these coaches' decisions. Look forward to your answer. And as always, go 49ers. Woo! Dennis. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a question. I, I think you sure hope that they, none of these coaches let social media dictate anything. Well, they'll let reporters dictate anything. These couch uh, general managers that are sitting there going, "Ah, oh, you shouldn't cut that guy, and you better start that guy." It's like the 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 dad at a at a kid's game saying, "You better start my boy." Like, come on, 
I would certainly hope that these coaches don't take any of that. And if I, I know that if I was a coach in the NFL, I would not have social media. I don't even know. I, I get, that would be fun to go look at. I don't know of any coaches. I'm sure they, it's, I mean, Pete Carroll has one, but is he posting that stuff or has he got somebody hired that does that? If, if I was a coach, I would not look. I would not because even if you're good at maybe taking the criticism, social media is a nasty, awful place. And it gives all these people, these keyboard warriors, it gives all these people a voice who don't necessarily need to have one, except for maybe around their buddies. If you want to bitch about a decision that somebody makes or a coach makes or a player or whatever, okay. But why do you got to throw it on Twitter? You really need to throw it on Twitter? I I know that if I was a coach, I would not be on social media. That being said, I certainly would not let media or uh, fans have any say whatsoever in what decision I'm going to make. Does it? I, I don't know, man. I These are professionals. I don't think that they would let anything anybody says uh, factor into their decision to keep a guy or let a guy go. Um, your guy in, in San Francisco is getting pressure. You know, Shanahan's getting pressure to make a decision because people just wanted him to make a damn decision. They want to know who their starting quarterback is. Quarterback is the most important position on a team. And in San Fran, in Santa Clara, you don't even know who your starter is. So that, I mean, he's getting pressure for that because they just want to know. Um, but, man, social media is the worst. If I, even as, as a player, that's just not a good place to be. It's just not. Because no matter what, any post you put on there, the the comments are, are you could post something. Not, Pete Carroll could jump on there. And, and again, I'm, I mean, I, I, I have my criticisms of Pete, but he could put something about a charity or like a charity event, something that raised money for a, an important cause. And if you jumped into the comments, if it was close enough to a game that let's say they lost and Pete, some people believe there were some Pete decisions that helped them lose. He put, he, this is hypothetical. Of course, I have not seen this, but this is just what you would see. The comments on that post about something that was a good cause that had nothing to do with the game whatsoever would still be a bunch of these couch general managers and these keyboard warriors on there just blasting him for the game and trying to tie it together to be clever. That's not right. So, Dennis, I would say that they they don't listen. They don't listen to any of it. The fans of the fans. It's our job to to be to just be fans to spend our money. That's our job, right? They they they're the professionals. I would certainly hope they don't let any of that influence in whatsoever. So, great question. I can't wait to hear what you got next week. Um, also, speaking of next week, uh, Dennis is going to be uh, jumping in and doing. Um, he's gonna be, he's gonna do the picks with me this year. So since I don't have uh, a sidekick anymore, um. Dennis is going to fill in. I'm going to have him do his question and then I'll bring his uh, recording back in and have him do another one for um, picks. So, uh, and then he and I will, what we'll do is we'll discuss it this, this week from tomorrow when this releases to next Tuesday, when I record, we'll figure out what our bet's going to be. Uh, it's kind of hard to do a steak dinner. I still owe Andrew, I think two steak dinners. He and I need to go do that. 
Andrew, I don't know if you listen to the show anymore since you've you left. I I wouldn't blame you if you did if you didn't listen. I totally understand. If you are, I'm sorry, buddy. I need we need to go out and have some steak, bud. That's what we need to do. So Dennis, it's a little difficult with him in Ohio uh, for us to to do a steak dinner. So we will figure out what our bet will be, and then he and I will do picks every week. So basically, we're gonna get into more of a regular routine as we get into the regular season. So next week is the week before or it's the leading up to it's the week of week one. So, um, well, I I will still discuss the NFL news. Um, I'm still going to, we're going to zoom around the NFC West. We're going to talk about, uh, each of the, you know, the Cardinals matchup, the Rams matchup, the 49ers matchup, what they got going on as much in depth as I can get. It'll get better as the season goes on. And as I learn more and more about those teams, then we'll talk about Seahawks news and stuff going on from there. Uh, we'll do Dennis from Ohio's question of the week. We will do the mailbag and then we're going to do picks. And next week's show is going to be even crazier because we'll do the picks for week one. But then we're also going to pick our, um, division winners. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll have him just do the week one. So he doesn't have to do a ton of recordings and I feel bad for him. Uh, we'll have him pick week to week. And then I, I'm going to pick my division winners, my wild card winners. And then of course my Super Bowl uh, pick. Maybe I'll have him do that. That'd be fun. Well, I'll figure it out. Uh, and then we will do, um, yeah, Super Bowl pick, Super Bowl winner. Um, I'm going to go th- find some other fun stuff to do, but it's that fun right before the NFL season starts. Got to throw all those all those uh, picks out there that'll be blown out of the water and be worthless by week four. So, But Dennis is going to join me with that. That's going to be a blast, and we'll, and we'll figure it out. So. Uh, this has been a great show. I really appreciate it. Uh, as always, if you like what you hear and, uh, I would love for you to, to, and you want to know what you can do to help me out, help us grow, help me grow. Uh, and to do that, I need reviews. I need reviews. I need shares. So if you could do me a huge favor and if you are an Apple podcast listener, if you could next time you're on there to grab an episode, uh, scroll down to where you can leave a review. Give me, uh, however many stars you think I deserve and whatever kind of review you think I deserve good or bad. I don't care. It's fine but I would love some reviews. And then when you see me share the episode on social media, please, uh, retweet it, share it on Facebook, uh, grab it from wherever, uh, podcast app you use and share it from there. I would greatly appreciate it and be forever grateful for the help. Um, and with that, we have come to a close of episode 90. I cannot believe I'm within reaching distance of a hundred episodes. We're going to have a party when I hit that, because who knows how much beyond that we're going to go. Well, we're going to go a whole season. So we got at least, we'll see. We got, we got, we got a few, but a hundred is a big deal. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this season. We, uh, we start getting into the meat of normalcy next week with uh, a week one show in the NFL getting underway. So until next time, as always, I leave you with go hawks